Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Well, I want to ask today, what is it you are grateful for? When I say that question, you might have a whole list that comes to mind, a gamut of things that you just think, I'm thankful for this and this and this and this and this. Or your list might be pretty empty. You might even struggle to think of something that you're grateful for. Because often our level of gratitude is somewhat dependent on our circumstances, if we're honest. That can be the case. Let me give you an example. I can remember back when I was about eight years old going out for dinner with my older brother and my mum and dad. Now, I can remember being so grateful when mum and dad would say we're going out for dinner because we'd get dressed up, we're going out to some swanky place, get delicious food. I was like super grateful. And then you get there and realise, oh yeah, this is going to take forever. (laughs) And suddenly the gratitude drops and I'm feeling impatient. But then the gratitude rises again because the menu comes out and I look at this food and I'm like, yes, I'm in. There's lots of goodness. I'm feeling grateful. But then it takes forever to come. And so I'm hungry and I want more and it's taking too long. But then I get grateful again because the drink comes out that I've ordered. Now, I don't know if your mum was like my mum, but my mum would say, Michelle, drink it slowly, make the drink last the whole meal. Yeah, I didn't. I'd be like, slurp it through the straw. I'm super grateful, got my drink. And then, yeah, that's right, it's gone. And so again, I'm depleted and I'm frustrated and I'm not grateful anymore. And then I'd be grateful because you'd see meals coming towards you and you're like, the food's coming, I'm grateful. And then it goes to another table. And so you're frustrated and you're hungry and you're envious and you want what they've got. And then finally, I'd be so grateful because my meal would come and be in front of me. But then sure enough, I'd have food envy and I'd want what my brother had. And so I would no longer be grateful because I wanted that food, not what I ordered. The roller coaster of emotions of gratitude and then disappointment, and that's just going out for a meal with me, like seriously. <laughs> but sometimes life can feel like it's a roller coaster of things we're grateful for and then disappointments and letdowns. You know, the sun shines and then a cloud comes and we feel cold, or you know, we planned a holiday and then it gets cancelled, or we've got a lovely family dinner and then someone starts arguing. Or maybe you're grateful for your health and then a difficult diagnosis comes along. And I wonder today, are we only grateful when things are going our way? It's a hard reality question maybe to ask ourselves. Are we sometimes guilty of being grateful when things are going our way? What I want to speak to us about today is this idea of having a posture of gratitude. This summer series, we've been having our communicators talk about one word, something for us to listen to. And today, that idea of gratitude is what I want to bring, a posture of gratitude, a constant um, way of living our life, irrespective of our circumstances. And I bring that today as something that I'm having to learn to grow in. It's a challenge for me. It's actually something God's been teaching me in the last 12 months. And so together, I want us to look at what does it look like to live with gratitude, not envious of others, not wanting what they've got, not disappointment about what we have, but simply being grateful for what God's done and who He is. Because it might seem like a really simple idea, being grateful, but it's super profound. 
It's simple, but it actually has the power to change us. The Holy Spirit can change who we are and how we respond in life. And then not only does that transform us more into the image of Jesus, but people around us notice there's something different. We're living God's kingdom. This ability of being grateful, it changes us. You know, in fact, psychology looks at the fact there's research that's been done around how gratitude will benefit us. Let me list these to you. We find that gratitude benefits us in that it improves self-esteem. It improves energy and health. It makes us happier and more optimistic. Gratitude makes us more resilient and able to deal with adversity. Gratitude makes us more generous and forgiving and improves our relationships with others. It keeps us present in the moment. It lowers our stress and anxiety and it provides perspective. I'm in. I want that list. That sounds good. That sounds like a good life. Interestingly, gratitude actually affects our brain chemically. So what it does in a nutshell is when we are grateful, when we live with gratitude, it boosts the neurotransmitter serotonin, which activates the brainstem to produce dopamine, our happy hormone. Gratitude makes us feel good. It makes us happy. But you know what? It's not something new. It's not just a a really in vogue, trendy idea to live with gratitude. This is not a new concept. This is something God has been speaking about for years. We find this idea of gratitude and thankfulness in his word. Our God, our creator speaks to us about living lives of gratitude, about being thankful. Let me read some scriptures where God speaks about this. Paul's written this. In Ephesians 5, we see it says, to be always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.7 says we're to be overflowing with thankfulness. Colossians 3.15 says to be thankful. Colossians 3.17 says we're to be giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's nothing new. God's word clearly calls us to be thankful. God is telling us as his people, if we follow him, he wants us to be thankful, to live a life with gratitude. That's how he's created us to live. Now these words, grateful and thankful, we use them interchangeably in a lot of ways. And I, liked I decided to do a bit of digging and understand these words. And the Latin root of gratitude is gratis, which also means thankful. And the Greek word that Paul uses when we translate all those verses I've just read that we translate thankful, that Greek word has the root word grace, which is the same root word as grateful. So in a lot of ways, it's just semantics which word we use. But what I liked as I dug a little bit deeper was one writer spoke about the fact that thankfulness, being thankful, is when we're conscious of who the giver is, what they are given, and who receives it. And that is the story with God. We are conscious, we are aware, God is the giver of all good gifts. He is giving it to us, his children. And so what I love is that we're not just grateful to the universe. We're not just grateful to something or someone out there or our circumstances. We can be thankful 
to the creator of the universe, to the living God, because he is the giver of the good gifts. He gives us life and hope and joy and freedom. And we, as his children, we receive. So this idea of being thankful, being grateful, it's not just psychology. It's deeply rooted in God's word and who he is and how he's wired us to live. We read in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. God gives us good gifts. We can direct our thanksgiving to him. He is the one we are thankful to. It's not just some abstract concept, but gratefulness, thankfulness towards our God. But the question remains, how do we live a life that is consistent with gratitude despite the circumstances? How do we live a life that is grateful even when things are tricky? Well, let's look at Paul. Paul, who wrote those verses I was reading before about thankfulness, he lived a life that was pretty challenging. He was kidnapped, he was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was abused, he was persecuted, he was put in prison. There was plenty going on in his life that I'm imagining he perhaps wasn't grateful for. He had a challenging, tricky life, yet we don't find a man who wants out, who's whinging, complaining, envious of everyone else. He's the guy who is grateful and thankful. He's the guy telling us to be grateful and thankful because deep in his core, in who he was and how he believed that God made him, deep in his theology was an understanding that God is good and to be praised, that God is the giver of good gifts and we are to live a life thankful to our God. That was core to who Paul was. He was convinced no matter what was going on, he could be thankful to God because God was at work. Paul writes in Romans 8:28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God is at work for his people, for us, for our good. We can be grateful simply because God is at work. There's this promise in His Word that He is at work, He is present, He is with us in every circumstance, good and bad and in between. He is at work, He's not distant, He's not aloof, He's not ignoring us, He's at work in our circumstances. But what we need to notice is that it says He's at work for our good, not for our ease, not for our comfort, not necessarily for our success, but He's at work for our good because He created us. And so He actually knows what we need more than anyone else, more than we do ourselves. We can be grateful because He promises to be at work. And added to which, this is not it. This is not as good as it gets. There is so much more. We can be grateful because with God, there is more. We are not done here. He will return. There is a life after this place. I spoke about that Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, that we can have a future promise. There's more. No matter how good it gets here, there's better. So we can be grateful that with God, there is always more. You know, Luke gave us this wonderful message last week, speaking about our worship life, great challenge. And one of the things that he said that stuck with me, he said, thankfulness is the flavour of our worship. I like that idea. Thankfulness is the flavour of our worship. I wonder what's the flavour of your worship. 
Because when we are thankful that our God is at work, when we are thankful that with Him there is more, we can't help but worship Him. This this thankfulness, this gratitude comes out in in a way that we want to worship and honour and bless and love our God. That is what changes us. When we start to recognise He's at work and with Him there's more. But the reality is, do we believe this in the core of our being? We read the scripture that God is at work. We sing songs like that song Waymaker that says, even though I don't see it, you're working. Even though I don't feel it, you're working. Do we sing it or do we actually believe it? Do we hold on to that promise that our God says in his word, he is at work for our good no matter what we're going through? Now, as I was preparing this message, I sense for some maybe online or in the room, that's actually a promise you need to hold on to this year. That maybe you're sitting here today and things are hard and you need to hold on to the promise that God is at work for your good. He hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. He's right there in the midst of the hard and he's working for your good. Or maybe things are great right now, but actually that's a promise you need to put away and store in your heart so that you have ready when things get hard, that you can hold on to and claim, God is at work for my good. He is still there. He is with me. Because when we have that conviction that it's not just a great song or a great scripture, but it is true and it's a promise from the living God, that's when we can be grateful no matter what. But I want to acknowledge that that's not easy. (laughs) When life is hard and difficult, It is not easy to cultivate a posture of gratefulness. And I found that last year. As I said, this is something God's been teaching me. And I I remember back to last year, it was around May, and I just felt like life was just yuck. I really had not a whole lot to be grateful for. Most of us remember the beginning of last year with COVID. Things were just, ugh, it was hard. People were getting sick and dropping like flies. And With my role here, I felt like every week something was happening. I was leading life groups one week, backing, filling in for someone else, and then leading young adults, filling in for someone else, and preaching for someone else. And I was exhausted, just feeling like I had to wear different hats. And and then I just got COVID myself, so I felt unwell. In that time, I also did a disc bulge. I felt like I aged in a matter of days, like a whole heap of years. Life felt hard. And then added to which the surgery that I'd had the year earlier with my feet It wasn't actually doing what I'd hoped. Unfortunately, my left foot, my bone doesn't want to grow. And so there's a big gap there and only pins are holding my feet together. And every time I've been to the doctor, it's just not growing. And so I felt disappointed and upset and frustrated dealing with pain. I also had surgery to my arm around that time and was more complicated than we'd hoped. And I came home from hospital with a drain in it. Things were tricky. I just felt yuck. I felt dark and hopeless and lonely and frustrated. And there was not much I was grateful for. Added to which people that I love, that I were walking alongside, had so many pastoral issues going on. People that I deeply love were walking through brokenness in their own homes and families. And I found myself burdened and anxious and worried for them. And so in that season that I would probably describe as a bit of a winter. I don't like winter. I like summer. For me, it was like a dark winter. And I found that I just came more irritable. I lost my compassion and empathy. And I just felt like there was nothing to be grateful for, if I was really honest with you. And this is the stuff that I only disclosed to a few people around me, but it just felt yuck. 
And in that season, I went away to Victor Harbour with a good friend of mine who's a pastor at another church. And I was sitting outside, and I loved the beach, and the sun was shining, and I just sat in the warmth. And I was like, okay, okay, I can be grateful for this. The sun is shining. And then soon enough, the cloud came, and it got cold and dark. And I just found myself thinking, I just want to leave. I want to escape. It's just yuck. I just don't like this. And I actually felt God say to me, invite me into your winter. I felt him say to me, invite me into your winter. He didn't say, I'm sure everything's going to be rosy. It was this encouragement that he is present. He is my God in the winter. That actually he is there. He is at work for my good. And as I softened and started to go, okay, I can notice you, God, in the winter. And just like in a winter where you might love a fire or a blanket, I felt like God say to me, I want to be your blanket. I want to be your fire. I can protect you. I can give you strength when you've got nothing left. And so bit by bit, as I invited God into my winter, I started to notice him. I started to notice that he was there, that he was present, that he was providing, that he was good. And I started to see things to be grateful for. It changed me. Circumstances were still really ugly and hard and tricky. But I started to notice that I could be thankful for a God who is at work for my good, even in the winter, even in the hard times. And I wonder if maybe you need to hear that afresh today, that even in some of the hard winter seasons, maybe that you're going through right now, we have a God who is at work and we can be grateful. Or maybe for you it's a promise you need to hold on to that when you go into a winter, we can still be grateful because our God is there. We can notice Him. And I love how Paul says it in 1 Thessalonians. He says, God calls us to be thankful in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. It's so important that we we get the clarity. Thankful in, not for. There are so many things I'm not thankful for, let's be honest. But we're not called to be thankful for everything. We're called to be thankful in all circumstances. And just the same in that verse when it says rejoice always. This is not some blanket command that we switch on and switch off. We're not robots because that would contradict what Paul says in Romans 12 where he talks about we are to mourn with those who mourn. So there are times of sadness and mourning, but rejoicing always is to see the hand of God in whatever is happening and to remain certain of God's future salvation. That is what it looks like to rejoice always, to be grateful, to be able to be thankful in all circumstances, that we recognise God is at work. There is more with Him. This circumstance is not the end. And so we can be, as followers of Jesus, grateful in all circumstances. We can be thankful, we can be joyful because He is at work. I can invite Him into my winter and notice Him and be grateful for Him. But you know, we can also just simply be grateful because He's God. Just we can be grateful for Him, that He's our dad, that He's our father, that He's our God, that He does so much. I want to read from Psalm 111 to you. And it's going to be on the screen, but I want to encourage you, maybe you want to shut your eyes and just listen to this psalm and shut your eyes and think about all the things that we can be grateful to God for. Praise the Lord, it says. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the council of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds 
and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just and all his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, enacted in faithfulness and uprightness. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. There are so many reasons to simply be grateful because God is God. You know, in that psalm alone, it talks about his great works, his glorious deeds, he's gracious, he's compassionate, he provides food, he's shown his power, he's faithful, he's just, he's trustworthy, he's redeemed us, he's saved us, he keeps his promises. And all of that, that is not dependent on our circumstances. That never changes. That is constant and consistent. And that we can be grateful for no matter what. He keeps his promises. He is a good God. And that is enough in itself to be grateful. But sometimes we need that reminder. We need that kind of shift to lift our eyes and to notice he's good. Maybe like me, just to remember to invite him into our winter. Sometimes we need that fresh perspective shift, that refocus or reframe. I can remember when our kids were little, sometimes children maybe can whinge a little bit and complain just a little bit, you know, sometimes. And our three preschoolers at that point in time, sometimes things would get a bit negative and I was like, oh, I need to find a way to bring something positive. This is killing me. And so when they would complain, we'd play this game called Think of the Positive. And so <laughs> things like, oh, it's raining today. We'd be like, or... I can jump in puddles, think of the positive. And things like, I always lose that game, I've lost it again, or I'll challenge you to a new game. See, think of the positive. My personal favourite was when we'd go shopping if something happened and something broke, like the eggs broke, for example. Instead of feeling panicked and worried as kids that they'd done the wrong thing, I was like, or we can make cookie dough right now and eat it. That is a very big positive for me. And I must say that actually happened just this week in the Stevens house. It was like reliving their preschool years. We made cookie dough and ate it. No judgment, please. Um, but they're trivial examples. But that idea of having a reframe or a refocus or thinking of the positive, Holy Spirit, help my heart and my mind to be grateful and notice where you're at work. That changes us. You know, what if those things that we find ourselves thinking are things like, that'll never work. How about if we say, Holy Spirit, help me think, I'm grateful for what I do have. Thank you for what you've given me. Thank you that you can strengthen me. Thank you that you go before me. Well, what about if we find ourselves thinking, I'm not good enough? How about we think, thank you, God, for how you see me. Thank you that I'm a child of God. Thank you, God, that you're my dad and you've got more than enough for me. What does it look like to have a reframe? to have a refresh, Holy Spirit, to ask Him to change our heart and our mind this year. Because when Paul writes to the church, he writes repeatedly, be thankful, be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. It's like he really wants them to get on board. It's like he's saying, make it a habit. 
What does it look like for us 2023 to make that a habit? To make gratitude a posture? To make it a choice? To look for where God is at work and thank Him? To worship Him? To be grateful that He is good? That He's at work for our good? That there's more to come? And just because He's God, that's enough to thank Him. Because I truly believe, as I said at the beginning, it's simple, but it's profound. And if we start to see things and people and situations with a posture of gratitude, it changes us. Imagine if we saw our spouses, we look at our spouse and we think, thank you, God, for giving me that person. Thank you for who they are in my life. If we looked at our children differently, thank you, God, for the joy they're bringing me. Imagine our parenting if we're grateful. Our friendships, our relationships, if we look at that person with gratitude that God has given them to us as a gift. It's a challenge for me. It's something I'm learning to do, no matter whether it's winter and hard or summer. And that's the invitation I want to invite us all on this year, 2023, to say, God, I want to be a grateful person. I want to look for ways to thank you. We're going to take some time right now to pray and actually do that, to reflect and intentionally thank God for what's going on in our life. So I want to invite you, whether you're online or in the room, just to close your eyes in this moment. Just to close our eyes and to notice God. God, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that you're good, that you're at work, that you love us. You are a good God. I want to ask you right now in this moment of prayer, as you have your eyes closed, to picture the people that you have relationship with, to picture your spouse, to picture your children, your parents, your siblings, picture those people that you have relationship with. And now I want you to thank God for them. In your heart and in your mind, speak that to God now. Say, thank you, God, for that person. Thank you for what they bring in my life. Thank you for who they are. Maybe naturally we we tend to think of shortcomings and failures, but don't go there. Thank God for who they are and what they have and say, God, shift my focus, shift my heart and my mind so that I'm grateful for who they are. Lord, I pray this year as we are thankful for the people we have relationship with, that you would grow those relationships. As you shift our focus and we have a posture of gratitude, we pray for grace and love and joy and forgiveness in relationships. As you keep your eyes closed now, I want you to consider and picture your workplace or your place of education or maybe your retirement or at-home parenting, what you do during the week. And picture that with gratitude. As you picture that place, that space, the people you're with, thank God for what you notice. Thank God. Say, thank you for those people. Thank you for my opportunities I have. Thank you for the education I'm receiving. Thank you for your provision of my role. Thank you that you're using me. What is it you need to thank God for in the space He has you right now? Thank Him for the uniqueness of this season. And Lord God, as we thank you for the spaces you have us, I pray that you would grow in us a sense of call and purpose. You have us there for a reason. So keep your eyes closed. I want you now to picture your finances and your material goods. Picture the home you live in and thank God. Thank Him for the roof over your head. Thank Him for the clothes in your wardrobe. Thank Him for the food on your table. Again, not thinking about what others have or what might you want, but 
What do you have right now that you can just say, thank you, God. Thank you for your generosity, God. Thank you. Speak it out to Him now. Thank Him. In your heart and your mind, thank Him for what He's given you. As we thank you, God, for what you've given us, grow in us a heart of generosity. As you give to us, may we give back to you. And finally, I want you to picture where you'll be tomorrow. What does Monday hold for you? What's the rhythms, the spaces you'll be in? Picture that right now and intentionally thank God in your heart and your mind right now for where you'll be, for what tomorrow looks like. Thank Him, worship Him, praise Him. It is good. He is good. He has given us so much. Thank Him for those people. Thank Him for what He's going to do. Thank Him that even if it's hard, He is good. Lord, we want to give you this year, 2023, and we ask that you would cultivate in us a heart of gratitude, that we would be people who are thankful, that we would worship you, that thankfulness would be the flavour of our worship. Lord, we pray that as we notice where you are at work, if we're in a good season, Lord, we rejoice and we thank you. And if we are in a hard season, we invite you in. We want to be people who notice you and are grateful for you in the winter. We hold on to that promise that you are always at work for our good. Thank you, God. Thank you that even when we don't feel it, don't see it, you are at work. And so we worship you, we trust you, and we declare you are God. Pray this in your name. Amen.